my crafty friends and welcome to ACB Crafters, where we learn and teach each other in order to make crafting accessible to the blind and visually impaired. We hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I want to welcome everybody and I want to give a special welcome to Tammy from Missy Kits. Um, she's been very generous in in donating kits as well as giving time to us to tell us a little about what she does and um, uh, we'll go over the kits with her as well. Um, I was gonna do like a little introduction of what she does. She provides um, these kits and I the ones we received are really cool. I've, I'm really excited to get to do one. But um, I'm really excited of her, the project that she's working on in that she, she creates kits that are accessible to not just people who are blind, but people who have other disabilities. And I think that's really cool coming from a background myself in working with individuals with developmental as well as physical disabilities. And I wish I would have found this years ago um, <laughs> and had it available when I was helping running a day program. So I am excited for the future. So um, I'm gonna leave it to Tammy to tell a, a little more about what she does and all that as she is the expert on her <laughs> and then I'll let her take over from there. So welcome Tammy. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time to um, do this with us today. Thank you, Kayla. I'm excited to be here. This is awesome. I love, I love talking to folks about crafting. So just um, I wanted to start with a little background about Mitzi Kit and how we got started. So Mitzi Kit, first of all, people sometimes get confused and think it's Misty, and it's not Misty like rain mist, it's Mitzi, M-I-T-S-Y. And that is the namesake of my mother. So my mom um, is from Japan and her name is Mitsuko and her nickname is Mitzi. So we named our organization after her. And the reason for that is my mom, um, was a seamstress all most of her life and she loves sewing after she after she retired or semi-retired she um that was her pastime making different things and enjoying giving them to family and friends uh, but unfortunately she uh I, I think it was probably in her 40s was told that she had retinitis pigmentosa and for those of you who know that what that is, it's an eye disease, um, or who don't know, it's an eye disease that starts first taking away your peripheral vision and then slowly closes in. And I guess it can be different, a different experience for everyone, but for my mom, it got to the point where she could no longer see in her 80s. Um, she had actually lost her eyesight in one of her eyes earlier in life um, due to spinal meningitis. So she only had one eye um, vision out of one eye left when she discovered this. So obviously very devastating. When she was in her 80s, um, she began to need more help because she, she was having a difficult time navigating. So, you know, we did the things that um, I'm sure all of you have um, 
heard of or experienced yourself where you go and you get training on how to use a cane, um, you get training on different adaptive tools to help you with daily life. Um, but at, you know, in her 80s, she was not really prepared to go to, to a place and really jump into the social aspect of it. And part of that probably is also due to my mom's um, just quiet nature and background. So it was really hard for us to help her to engage. And I was very concerned because she became very depressed and she was not, um, you know, sometimes she was sleeping a lot. And, and I just had a really hard time figuring out how to help my mom feel like she had a purpose and, and to make her want to get up and enjoy the day. And, and so it was, I realized that sewing was the one thing that um, she really enjoyed doing as a pastime. And so long story short, you know, one day I was going through a craft store and I believe it was um, divinely inspired that God just put in my head try putting a tactile border on fabric so that she could could feel the seam allowance and stitch along the seam allowance. Um, and so I tried that using ribbon and it worked. And we started creating quilts together and, and she was just prolific in the amount of sewing that she was doing. So that was, you know, definitely a godsend. It's what started this whole thing we realized how great of an improvement she had in her quality of life. And I also realized that there was no, no place else I could get something like this. And because it was so time consuming to put this together for her to sew, I realized that others could benefit as well as if we developed it into a kit. And so that's where Mitzi Kit was born. And uh, to this day, my mom is now 94 and she's living with us along with my other 94 year old mother-in-law. <laughs> so we have quite the diverse family and uh, she's still sewing strong. She's making lots of quilts and bags and pot holders and you know, you name it, whatever she, she can get her hands on and, and people are ecstatic about the gifts that she provides. So, so that's the history of Mitzi Kit. And if any of you have more questions on that, we can, talk about that a little later. So what I provided to you all were just introductory kits. And the purpose of what you have received is really to give you a sense of two types of products that we provide. So um, as our name implies, we provide kits. So everything, I like to, to phrase it as thinking about a cake mix for sewing. So when you think about a cake mix, the, the reason why cake mixes are popular is because everybody wants to create a really beautiful and tasty cake, but you don't always have the time or perhaps the experience to do it from scratch. So they provide kind of the measurements and pre-measure everything and give you everything in one package. So all you kind of have to do is stir it up and put it in the oven and you're a chef. And so uh, 
Mitzikit is, is similar in concept. We basically wanted to provide everyone with the ability to be able to sew beautiful projects, fabric projects. And we, so we put together the fabric pre-cut so you don't have to worry about going out and matching the fabric, finding the fabric, matching the fabric, cutting the fabric, um, even pinning it together because we go through the step of um, making sure that everything is in the right directionality and in the right color scheme for you. So you take it out of the package and you're able to just follow our audio video instructions. Um, we also have, have um, some text instructions, but we find that most people like the audio video and you just get started stitching. So um, we have three levels of complexity with our projects. The first level is the simple, which you would expect. And that simple level was developed later in the progression of Mitzi Kit. And the reason for that is we had started working with senior centers and um, residential programs for the elderly providing Mitzi Kit and found that folks, as Kayla mentioned, other than just the blind, also wanted to participate and enjoyed using the kits. So it could be anyone, you know, who it really didn't matter whether they had a disability or not. It's just, did they want to participate and create something beautiful um, in a group setting or individually without having to go through all that prep work um, and tedium? And what we found was that some of the folks who wanted to participate were those who might have had some other disabilities like dementia, um, Alzheimer's, uh, some of even the younger, um, younger folks with uh, different, different impacts from either cognitive or physical disabilities. And we wanted to create a way where everyone could participate at their level of capability. And sometimes it, it's a progression, right? You'll start at a simple project and you'll work your way up. And, and what we've done over time is even provide levels of complexity within each of the three categories. So you can start at simple, and I'll say a basic simple project, and you can advance within that simple category until you get a somewhat complex simple project <laughs> and then you can move on to moderate and again you have various levels kind of the beginner moderate to your advanced moderate and then you can go to advanced and you have beginner advanced to advanced advanced so there are levels within levels so that everyone can find their place to start um, and grow from there the simple category, the simple, simple category, started uh, with the idea that we wanted to provide folks the ability to simulate stitching without having to worry about poking themselves with a needle. Um, and that was very important for different folks. You know, we had um, a, a lady, wonderful, wonderful person. Her name was Rosie and she was a, um, a concert pianist and she was blind since birth and amazing amazing pianist and 
you know, of course she was nervous about her hands, right? Because she, that was her livelihood. That was her experience. And so for her, you know, she really didn't want to go into the needle and thread. It was, it, it, she tried it, but she really wanted to, to stick with more of the simple projects. Um, another example are folks in a residential program where perhaps it's not even the person who is leery of the needle and thread, but perhaps it's the, um, the home that is leery of it. So they are much more comfortable with someone using a safety plastic needle and ribbon versus a regular needle and thread. So these projects are typically made from fleece. And, and the reason for that is fleece doesn't fray. And so we can cut the fleece in uh, various squares and we provide pre-drilled holes around the perimeter that then can be used to lace together pieces into your fleece project. One of the first projects and, and still very popular projects are our 13 inch fleece pillows. So you have very soft fleece fabric and lots of different colors and patterns and they're they're 13 inch square holes around the perimeters. And in addition to the holes, we put tactile glue around those holes so that folks can feel their way stitching the ribbon through those holes all by touch. So you need, you, it requires no vision whatsoever. Um, in, in addition to that, we've also moved on to providing some cotton version of this where we have some pre-drilled holes in cotton and usually it's coupled with some fleece. So that's an example that we provided in your kit that was sent out to you. You have a 10 inch square and it has the, um, the holes all around the four sides and it has four shoelaces that came with it. And this is a good example to start with for a simple project, just so you guys can get a feel for how this is done. And I'm also going to explain to you two different types of stitches that can be done here and the techniques that make it a little easier. So that I'm gonna keep going just to give you a brief overview of the different levels of complexity, but then we'll come back to this project. So that was our, our simple line, the beginners, and we progressed from there in the simple line to um, satisfy those who have you know, accomplished all they could at that level and still wanted more challenge. So another example um, of something that's a little more challenging in the simple line are um, bags. So we also have some fleece bag kits where you can lace together the fleece bags, but there might be a few extra steps because you have to fold the fabric a certain way before you stitch it in order to, to complete your bag. And then um, one really popular project that we have in the, I, I'll call it the simple advanced level, is the, um, the fleece patchwork blankets. And these are beautiful. Um, it takes longer to do because you have 16 squares that you're putting together, 16 fleece squares. And you're putting together four rows of four first and then, then stitching together the four rows 
so that you have about a 48 inch blanket when you're done. And it's very, it's so beautiful. It's plush and it has a, a beautiful edging that is tactile. So it, it's reminiscent of a patchwork quilt, but in fleece. Uh, so that's an example of an advanced simple project. And then moving into the moderate level, in the moderate level, we start using a regular sewing needle and thread. And so the first step here, which we're gonna discuss today, is how to get that needle threaded. And I, I know a lot of folks have mastered using the, um, the needles that have like a little slit in the side so you can just pull the thread into it. Um, I typically don't use those mainly because I find that the thread slips out a lot, which can be problematic. So we've developed a different way to help people without sight to thread a needle by touch. And I've provided you with the basic tools so that we can go over that today. Then um, in addition to that, you have a project. It's a small um, five inch, two, a set of five inch squares. It's a five inch square and it has two half um, kind of rectangles on the back that are pinned together. That is actually a coaster kit. And so we're going to use that small five inch coaster kit to experiment, for those who want to, to experiment using the moderate entry level project and the stitching with the regular needle and thread. Um, from there, you can progress up again to do some small, we have small gift bags that are about four inches by seven and a half inches. And they have a little drawstring top that you can use for Christmas gifts or, or other gifts. Um, and then we have other bags that get a little larger. We have the 13 inch pillows that instead of lacing with um, ribbon, you are sewing around all four sides. And it's an envelope style backing. So you can, once you're done sewing, flip it right side out. And then we include with all of our pillow projects, we have the pillow inserts, the forms that get stuffed in to, the, um, to complete your pillow. Um, and then we also have a couple of other projects like potholders and, and things like that in that moderate level. When you start um, the moderate advanced gets into, we have starting kind of a patchwork project where you have four 10 inch squares that can be sewn together into a 20 inch pillow face and then sewn to the envelope backing. So that's the kind of the span of the moderate level. Moving into the advanced level, here you're again using your needle and thread, regular needle and thread, but these projects require a little bit more steps to do and a little more sewing typically. Um, so an example here might be uh, a tote bag with some pockets perhaps, or we have the nine, nine patch um, pillowcase, which just obviously you're starting to get into more patchwork. And we also have the more traditional, well, it's not really totally traditional, but somewhat traditional patchwork blankets where you have 10 inch squares that are sewn together to create, again, it's about a 48, 48 inch, 47 inch size blanket 
um, and we offer the fleece backing to be able to sew onto that patchwork blanket. Um, as opposed to doing the three layers that are typically seen in a quilt, and the reason for that is we find that the fleece is, is soft and tactile and people love it, number one. But number two, um, if any of you have quilted before, you know that when you have three layers, meaning the patchwork front, the batting, and then your backing fabric, it requires some extra stitching. So you have to either do some ties to keep those three layers together, or you have to do some quilted design work on the front. And not that that's not possible, but we have found that the majority of people just don't want to do that. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. And you know, you're almost done with your project and, and you, most people just want to say, you know what, I want to finish this and I want to use it. So by creating this project where you have the patchwork front and the fleece back, you simply need to sew all around the perimeter turn it right side out, and then we have a little fleece strip that, that is um, laced together in the back to finish it. And you, you remove the requirement for any kind of quilt stitching or quilt ties, because there's nothing in the middle that's gonna get bunched up when you wash it. So that is the overview of the projects, the types of projects we provide, the background, and I gave you a little insight into what we're going to do today. Um, Kayla, I think I'd like to pause at this point and see if anybody has any questions that they'd like to ask about what we've already discussed. That sounds great. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to raise your hand and we will start calling on you. Okay, Jamie, you may unmute. Hello, uh, I was just curious, um, what in the, the pillow forms, uh, what type, uh, what is the pillow form made out of, um, you know, how comfy is it for someone who might would actually want to use the pillow? Sure, so the pillow forms, they are washable and I want to say they're a poly cotton fill uh -huh. and they are, so we have different types of, of forms that we provide too. We find for the fleece pillows, um, they can't be stuffed as much as the cotton pillows because you need more room to work when you're lacing up the fleece pillows. Uh, but I have found that people like them. They're you know, as I mentioned, we do have different types so that if you wanted more stuffing um, versus something that we provide in the, the normal kit, we can get those. But typically, you know, we found that people, people seem to like them. Right now, most people are getting the 13 inch, uh -huh. 13 inch pillows. Can you use fiber fill? You could, you could. Um, the only thing, the, the nice thing about the, the pillow forms is that it's all washable. So if you used fiber fill, I, I would, I don't know. I don't know how washable that would be inside of yeah, a- Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and honestly, it might be actually more expensive. We, we get a pretty good deal by buying these inserts in bulk. Oh, okay. All right. And we actually provide the 
the inserts um, themselves alone as well on our website in case you ever just need an insert. And I, I think from what I've seen, our prices are, because we sell in bulk and we don't mark them up a lot, are, are a lot cheaper than if you were to go to Joanne's or a place like that. Yeah. What is the candle mat thing? I, I, I read, I, I've never heard of it. I don't like candles, but <laughs> those ca candle and mat, I'm just, you know, to me that I'm just wondered what you use to keep it from being flammable or what, what is it that's the purpose of the little candle thing? Sure. So, um, to your point, first of all, about flammable, it is flammable. It's a fabric, so you, you certainly don't want to um, expose it to fire. However, you know there are candles that have the battery-operated light, and but so they're called. It's called a candle mat because it's really a display. So it doesn't have to be just a candle. It could be a knickknack. It could be um, like I have I. I have a little sake set that I have displayed on my candle mat. Um, you could put a little uh, flower arrangement on it. So it's just it's just a little something to kind of dress up your counter with some pretty fabric and then have something in the center. Oh, that sounds nice. Thanks yeah. for explaining that. You're okay, right. next is Jane Corona, and then Haley, you are after Jane, dear, so you can be ready to unmute. Okay, um, I missed the first 25 minutes because they changed the number on us, and we didn't know it. There were several of us waiting. Um, so this candle mat thing, did I miss instructions on how to make that, or? No, we're going to oh, do it. We're all that yet, together. Oh, good, because, uh, and then the rest of it, I guess I can get from, there's going to be a recording podcast yes yes okay good yes uh, okay great thanks jane Haley. Okay. hi tammy hi Haley. hi thanks for doing this i too am a person that has rp and um so i appreciate there being some stuff for us to do mm. um so i'm wondering my daughter wants to have a little women birthday party for oh. I mean a Christmas party rather mm -hmm. we do a themed one every year and this year she wants little women so I thought a sewing project might be right in line with um you know that theme right. are there options to choose so that the little girls that she's inviting have different blankets that they're putting together or is there just like one variety of that um patchwork blanket no like actually, as far as colors or whatever is what I'm saying yeah we have a lot of options actually okay so, okay. All yeah. right. I'm super excited because I'm thinking, how can I do a sewing project with these little girls when sewing is not my strong suit? But <laughs> this sounds fabulous. Now, what is the age? Um, they're 12. Awesome. They're going to love it. Yeah. So I think it'll be a really great option. So thank you for, for finding my craft to do with them for this party. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm super excited. <laughs> Janice, you're next, and then Deborah Armstrong, you are after Janice. Okay. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much, Tammy. I'm enjoying just hearing the story about your mother. Um, I have a 91-year-old mother, and I'm, of course, she was a um, floor designer and, and such before she retired. Um, and she, but she's quite a few miles away from me, about a thousand 
uh, these kits, she doesn't do any sewing at all. Uh, she did a little bit of hand sewing in the past. But if I sent her one of these kits, is it something that she would be able to uh, put together on her own without uh, assistance? Now, does she have any um, physical or cognitive disabilities at all? None. Mm -mm. Just 91. That's all. She's in great shape. That's awesome. And you said she has she has hand sewed before, so she knows yes. how to. Right. Oh yeah, she'll have no problem, no problem. And we have so many options too, and and we do have audio video instructions. Um, and just so mm -hmm. folks know, I am always open to any phone calls. I even had people mm -hmm. you know, do like a, a FaceTime if they have a particular question and they want to show me something. So I'm very open to that. But yeah, she'll she'll. Okay. Okay, Deborah, oh, you're next, and then somebody with the last three of 386, you will be after Deborah. Hey, am I unmuted now? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I just bought some products from Tammy, and I wanted to let the other people know that she did a great job of describing the patterns to me over the phone, and many of us are guide dog users. <clears throat> And so one of her patterns has Labrador retrievers in it. So these are great for, um, you want to give a gift to your puppy raiser or something. I'm going to go back on mute. That's all I had to say. Thank you, Deborah. Okay. And then after the 386 phone number is Valerie. So you can be ready. Hi, I'm Teresa. This is very interesting. And I've never heard of this. Wish I had many years ago because I was a special ed teacher. It would have been great. Um, I am totally blind and I sewed a lot in high school and um, made bedroom curtains and that sort of thing. But I want to get my son, I was thinking about getting him a kit. He's grown. I don't want anything feminine, but I looked at the pot holders and I saw where you had black and white paw prints. And I thought that would be wonderful. Um, he does not, I mean, when he has a button to sew on or something like that, he brings it to me or takes hemming to the seamstress. So I thought maybe um, a small kit like this would be good, even if he hides in his apartment from his friends. Um, but can you tell me if I need to get the uh, beginner or do I need maybe more like the moderate? He does have some vision. He sees he can read a newspaper in his phone. Um, so that's and no other disabilities. Okay, and and you said he has threaded a needle in the box? Um, no, I use a needle threader. He brings me buttons to sew on, and, um, you know, if it's hemming, I don't do that anymore now that I can't see. I, I just don't trust myself to, I mean, I know I could use a hem guide and that, but he'll take it to the seamstress, so he doesn't sew at all. I just thought it would be a good thing for him to learn to do basic stuff because, you know, I may not be around always. So um, I just thought this might be a neat. And since you have the black and white, which would match his apartment well, um, the puppy prints uh, for the pot holders, I, I looked online and saw that or her jaws read it to me. So I was just wondering if beginners or moderate would be better. But he, he can use a needle with no problem. I mean, he has feeling in his hands and there's no disability except he is visually impaired and just a man who does not sew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would think the moderate, probably not the potholders though. Um, and the reason I say that is because the potholders, the reason I have them out there is I have these folks that love making potholders and I can't keep mm -hmm. up with them. 
but they're very thick. So <clears throat> for someone to get started, I wouldn't recommend it. It's, you know, you have to really you kind of have to work your way through every stitch because you have those, those layers to keep the thermal batting. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, so I think I Can would, you give me a suggestion of a kit that would be good for a, a man? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of nice fabrics. I, I actually think a pillow, a moderate pillow kit would be good. Um, okay. Very simple. Or even a moderate, if you want something smaller, we have the, um, the moderate gift bag kits. So it's like, okay. those are like $4. It's like a yeah. four inch by seven and a half inch bag. And we do have, we have all kinds of fabrics that could appeal to men. We have sports, we have um, kind of hunting. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't see all that online. Yeah, do you I have know. a brochure or something that you send to people? I, I didn't, I never heard of this until I read through the ACB listing for the community phone thing. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm updating my catalog now. And for anyone who wants me to include you on the distribution, just let Kayla know so that I can get your email information and I will send it out to you. Um, to your okay. point, my, my website is not 100% up to date. It's, uh, it's me, myself and I that does it. So <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, it was. It did have a lot of, um, you know, suggestions, and I was very excited about it. So, um, I will get with Kayla and give her my address and everything. I'll send an email to her. Thank you so much. You're have a blessed well. day. I'm, this is fun. Okay. After Valerie will be Linda's iPhone. So, Valerie, you may unmute. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh huh. Okay. Hi, um, hi Tammy. Nice to meet you. Me too. Um, I had two questions. Um, first one was, I was just curious if anyone's ever used a sewing machine with your kits or if it's all hand sewing. Um, and the second one was, I uh, wondered if you ever thought of, um, you know, doing some kind of collect, uh, what is it called? Um, some, some organizations call it like a collector's club or something like that where you pay a certain amount per month and you get monthly um, projects or, or items from the company. Yeah. Yeah, like a subscription type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so, and I'm sorry, I already forgot your first question. <laughs> oh, just uh, wondering if anyone uh, uh, who's oh, been blind, machine. yeah, uses a sewing machine for the kids. Yes, yeah. You know, there are people who do like to use the sewing machine. Um, and typically, those are obviously people who have been sewing all their life. And right even before discovering Mitzi Kit, have found ways to keep sewing using the mm -hmm. sewing machine. Now, typically I don't teach people to do that because it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit difficult to teach people with sewing machines um, in a group setting. And that's, that's a lot of the time. All the different models too. Right, right. But um, it got me thinking and, and to be honest, it, it was inspiring for me because I think we can come up with some, maybe this is like the super advanced level <laughs> that I haven't jumped into yet, right? And so it's really got me thinking about that. It's like, that's awesome. I'd love to help people to keep doing that. And I think um, I definitely am going to pursue that. So the one problem with the kits using the kits that we have now on the sewing machine 
because the seam allowance has to be tactile for people who are hand stitching, that tactile border might get caught up in the sewing machine. And so um, I've done it myself. I've used my kits and, and used a sewing machine when I'm trying to put a sample together real quickly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, the, the tactile border will just get underneath the needle and, and make it shift a little bit. So I'm thinking about creating a different type of kit for the sewing machine um, that, again, will be more of that super advanced level. Okay. And what's the price range for some of the products you have, like, roundabout? Yeah, we have projects, as I mentioned, you know, as low as $4. So that's mm -hmm. like a entry-level kit of, um, we have like a the coasters that you guys received so a two pack of coasters is four dollars um, we have a gift bag a drawstring gift bag that's four dollars and some other you know we try to create those small things we're going to try to come up with some seasonal things like christmas ornaments stuff like that and then you can progress up to you know the the pot hold or not pot holders candle mats are Twelve, dollars $10, $10. And then we have the hot pads, which are basically the same thing as the candle mats, but they have another insulated layer in it, a thermal layer, so that you can put like a hot pan, um, pan on it or hot plate on it. Okay. Those are $12. And then you can go, you know, from that span up to pillows, which are generally around 20 and that includes the, um, the form that you put in it. And you can go all the way up to the quilted blankets, which can go anywhere, like our fleece blankets that I was talking about, the patchwork, the 48 inch, those are on sale right now for $65. And um, our quilted blankets, the cotton ones are also, we have some on sale for 65. Um, if you wanna get larger than that, then obviously it becomes a little more custom and we, we would quote the prices. Okay, makes sense. Thank right. you. You're welcome. And you have somebody with an iPhone and I can't tell if the last three are 318 or 181. So please unmute yourself. Uh, that yes. Might be, oh. That might be it me. It is it Pat, it is you, I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. Pat from Pensacola, Florida. Um, I just wanted to say I had heard about the Mitzi kits on uh the radio show Blind and Beyond yeah. on Sunday evenings. Yeah, they're um, great, aren't they? So I was kinda curious and this is interesting and uh I don't sew and I was curious to know if you had any kind of kit. Uh, where you don't have to sew. Yes, yeah, so our, our beginner level, our sim simple um, projects, we actually have pre-drilled holes in the fabric so that it can be laced together with either a ribbon or a shoelace or even a fleece ribbon um, that's provided mm. for you. And you do that either um, with a plastic needle which obviously you're not going to puncture yourself with that. So it's very easy to do. Um, and we also have a shoelace version for anyone who might have trouble um, with finger dexterity. So it's a little less to manipulate. 
And, okay, and, thank you. Yeah, Pat, did you get did you get um, one of the sample kits? No. Okay, that's one of the things we're going to be doing today is one of the simple projects. And Pat, this is Sheila. If you need any ideas, I've done a lot of her kits, and I'm not a sewer. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. She is advanced, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Tammy, that's it for now. All right, excellent. Well, thank you all. Those were great questions, and um, we'll take more questions at the end. So I think we have nine, we had 90 minutes, right? So when does that take us to? 3.30. 3.30, okay, great. So why don't we get started with the kits that um, I had sent out. So first of all, you had one plastic bag that had two 10 inch squares that are clipped together. The front of it is a cotton and the back of it is softer, it's fleece. They're clipped together with plastic clips and you should have a, a roll of shoelaces that are attached to it. Um, they're rolled up in an elastic. And so the first thing you're gonna do is take, take that kit and put the two pieces of fabric that are clipped together, don't remove the clips, leave the plastic clips on, and put them on the table in front of you and remove the package, the little bundle of shoelaces from under the clip. I think it's in the upper left-hand corner. And you're gonna take the elastic off of those shoelaces and you should have four shoelaces. Tammy, there is a hand raised. She may have a question about the kit. Okay. Janine, Janine, go ahead and unmute there. Is that the fluffy one or the flat one? I, I don't know which is which. There's a flat one and a fluffy one. Um, you mean as far as packaging is in the packages? Mm -hmm. It's the fluffy one. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So, um, before we get started, I just want to make sure that that everyone has that kit and has the two the ten inch squares on their um, table in front of them. Has the four shoelaces and is is ready at this point. So if someone isn't ready and or has a question and needs me to pause, please raise your hand. And Sheila, if you could let me know. Yes, ma'am. And this is the candle mat, right? Yes. Okay. Nope. Nobody has their hand raised yet, Tammy. Awesome. All right. So the first thing you're going to do, as I mentioned, keep the plastic clips on. You should have two on the adjacent sides of each corner. This keeps the front and the back of your project together. The front is the side that feels like cotton. It's not as fluffy, right? It's a flat cotton. And you should on the top, if you run your fingers around each side, you will feel some tactile glue around the holes that are drilled around the perimeter. 
So that's important. That is to guide you as you're weaving the shoelace through these holes. So the first step is to take one of the four shoelaces and the aglet is a little hard piece on the end of the shoelace. You're gonna take that aglet and in, if you're, usually if you're um, right or left-handed, sometimes you want, some people prefer to start on the left or the right. It really doesn't matter as long as you're starting in one corner. And I am, I typically start in the left-hand corner and move right. So that's the way I will describe it. If you are going from right to left, just know that your, your instructions will vary because of that moving from right to left versus left to right. So start with taking the aglet of, of your first shoelace and you're gonna put that top down through one of the corner holes. In my case, I'm gonna do the upper left corner hole and I'm gonna put my shoelace top down through that and pull the shoelace through until there's about four inches of tail left on the top. So go ahead and do that. Take your shoelace, go top down through, pull it through until there's about four inches, you know, just feel it with your hand as the shoelace is being pulled through, four inches left on the top. Let me give everybody a chance to do that. And again, if anyone as we go, has a question, raise your hand so that I'll know to stop. Okay, so what we're gonna be showing you here is the overcast stitch. And the reason they call it an overcast stitch is because when you pull your, um, your shoelace through the next hole, you're gonna be coming up and over the top of the fabric. So now that you've pulled your shoelace through, you've left a four inch tail, take that aglet, come up over the top of your fabric and down through the next hole. Now, now just so that you, um, for anyone who is, is blind and cannot see the holes, the tip here is where, feel where your shoelace went through with the corner. Tammy, you have a hand raised here. Oh, okay. Go Diane, ahead. Diane, go ahead and unmute. Hi, I don't have um, the kit, and I am partially sighted. I was wondering if there is a way that you could show what you are doing on the screen. Sure. Can you see me? Yeah. Okay, sure. Let me do that. Let me see. Thank I you. You're welcome. Uh, let me see if I can make this work. <laughs> okay, so here is, here is the project. So this is a different fabric, but it's the same type of project. And here are the tactile holes that I was talking about. They go all around the four sides and there are plastic clips on each corner. So I'm gonna start just by going through, let's see if I can do this again. Um, here we go. So here's my aglet on my shoelace and I'm going to start going top down through this corner hole and I'm going to pull it through 
until there's just about a four inch tail. Okay, and then the overcast stitches when I come up over the edge. Now for someone who's blind or visually impaired, I can feel for the next hole. So this is where my last hole in the corner is. And because I'm going left to right, I'm gonna take my index finger on the back and my thumb on the front, and I'm gonna slide them over toward the right until I find my next set of holes, which is right there. I can feel the tactile border. And then I'm gonna take my aglet, as I mentioned, bring the shoelace over the top and then down through this next set of holes and pull it through again. So I just wanna pause. Um, the person that just spoke up, can you let me know, are you seeing this okay? Yes, I am. Okay, good. All right, so Thank you. kind of, you're welcome. It's, it's kind of an odd setup for me to do this, so I'm doing my best, but. Okay, so that is our first overcast stitch. You should feel it coming up over the top and down through the next hole. And again, where that stitch just went through, feel it and go to the left. You'll kind of go over that plastic clip and then till you feel your next hole, set of holes, come over the top and down through again. Okay, now keep doing this. We're gonna keep going over the, Finding our next hole, go over the top and down through. You're gonna keep doing this until you get to your next to the last hole from the corner. So I'm gonna keep going. Pull it through. And when you're, when you're pulling it, if you feel along the top where your stitches are, you want them to be snug not so tight that you're scrunching up your fabric, but so that it's, it's really just a nice decorative stitch coming snugly across the top of your fabric. And what you're doing is you're attaching the front to the back by doing this. Okay, so I'm gonna keep going. Hopefully you can see this okay. Keep doing it. Now another tip here, Sometimes your shoelace will start um, twisting because you're pulling it over a lot. You can simply, when you bring your shoelace through the bottom, put your two fingers to hold the shoelace next to the fabric and then slide your, your other hand with your thumb and your index finger up the shoelace to kind of straighten it out up to the aglet before you then put it down through the next hole. So that's just a tip in case you find that the uh, shoelace is getting twisted a lot. Tammy, you have another question. Okay, go right ahead. De Deborah, go ahead. Um, why are we using the overcast stitch instead of the running stitch? Um, we actually, I usually recommend the overcast stitch for this particular project because it's a nice decorative stitch. It adds to the look of the completed project. Ah, because I, I was thinking you're gonna see the shoelaces on the outside, but that's part of the idea. Exactly, exactly. Okay, thank you, that clarifies things. All right. <laughs> okay. And so. Deborah, I will tell you, I did a pillow when I first did it with the um, running stitch, and then the next pillow I did with the over stitch, and I personally think the overstitch adds a little more flair to it. 
but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, it definitely is. It's more tactile too. So yeah, well, I didn't have the kit, so I guess I was thinking that you would see the stitches, but now I understand that's part of the design, which is exactly, hard. exactly. Terry, okay. Terry, you may unmute, dear. Yes. Um, how far did you say to go over? So you're you're going to go over until you get to the next to the last hole. Um, so that's so, the one after the clip on the top. Yeah. So right. stop, stop before you put your your um, ribbon down through that next to the last hole. Okay. So, so I'm gonna okay. So stop before you get to that. Okay. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. So as we were saying, I'm I'm going to continue this. I'm going to go over the top and. As was just asked by, I think, Terry, you're going to stop before you get to the next to the last hole from the corner, um, which should be after the plastic clip. And here, instead of going over the top and down, down, top, down, through, you're going to come up through the back with your aglet through to the top. Okay? And then your tail will be sitting on the top. Now, the reason for this is because we always want our tails to be on the top so that we can tie bows in the corner. And I did this kind of on purpose, <laughs> kind of on purpose, to show you something now. What you'll probably notice if you left a four inch tail, is that this tail on, that is, ends up on the top is much longer than the one you started with. So when you find this, you, you want these tails to be approximately the same length. And so when you find this, it's an easy fix. So I wanted to show you this. Janine, go ahead with your question. Sorry, I was rude and talked over. So Janine didn't hear what to do with the second to last hole. Can you please repeat that? Oh, okay. The second to the last hole. So when you when instead of going over the top and down through, you're gonna come up through the bottom of that second to the last hole with your aglet. Okay. Okay? Okay. And then you're gonna pull that up through the top so that the tail is laying on the top. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, so now, um, as I was mentioning, if you, if you were following verbatim my instructions, you might find that one tail that you just ended up with coming up through that next to the last hole is longer than the tail you started with on the other side. And we really want these tails to be about the same length. So I should have instructed you to have more tail to start with, but we can fix that. And how you fix that, you have all these overcast stitches now that you just made across the top. So starting with the stitch right before the last one, the, the last hole that you came up through, just tug on it so that you're pulling some of that tail back through and you're making that loop a little bigger. And then move your hands over until you find the next stitch and pull that one through so that you're tightening the last one. And you keep doing this until you pull your shoelacing all the way to the other side. So you're basically lengthening the shoe, the shoelace tail going all the way from me from right to left 
until I get to that corner. Okay, so now I'm at the last stitch, pulling it tight. And now my tails are more even. Okay, so I just wanted to show people that because it's very common for them not to become even, but it's easy to fix. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> It makes it part of the fun, right, Sheila? Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> there is another tip to that, you know, once, um, actually, I'd be interested in people's thoughts. Like, I could provide um, a little, a little uh, safety pin and a, a template to show you, like, a, where to stop on the, on the, um, shoelace pulling so if I put a safety pin where so it couldn't pull through anymore then obviously that would solve the problem but I'm not sure if people need that or not so I'd be interested in people's feedback on that um you have a hand raised Haley go ahead there okay <clears throat> being the perfectionist that I am um, what I would like to what I would like to know when I'm starting my first hole in my upper left corner yeah is where to put the aglet so like if you said your ag the bottom of your the tip of your aglet is going to line up with the second from the bottom hole then I know when I get to the other side I also want that one to line up with the second hole that would help me to make sure my perfection my my anal retentive perfectionism isn't is sorted out <laughs> so when, so instead of saying like you want four inches, you ask yeah. for suggestions, I'm not criticizing, but if instead of saying you want four inches when you put it first through, if you said, you know, when you pull it through, you want the tip of your aglet to be on the second from the bottom hole, second. you know, or something like that. Does that make sense? Um, not really. I'm, I'm not, oh. I'm not following you. So I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. So when you, when we first started and you said you're going to pull your aglet up, through mm -hmm. the bottom of that yeah. corner hole in the top left corner. Yeah. If I were to st stretch my shoelace out along that left side, mm -hmm. and, you and you said to me, I want the very tip of your aglet to reach the second from the bottom hole. Oh, gotcha. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. And then, then I would know that's how much length I'm gonna have on either side when I'm finished. Mm. That would be, does that make sense now or still not really? I, I think so, but I'm not sure that that measurement will work. Okay. Because because you're going over the fabric, so it's not a straight. Gotcha. Know, one. Okay. So, well, part of the fun is undoing it until you get it right. I mean, that's <laughs> therapy. That's therapy. So I, I'm working it. <laughs> but, it's looking good, Tammy. It's looking good. <laughs> Jeanette, Jeanette, go ahead. Unmute yourself. So my question is, you said for the second to the last hole, you pull it from the top down. So then that means for the second to the last hole, you do not have the effect of the overcast stitch, correct? From um, the bottom up rather. So right. you don't, okay. Right. All right. So what do we do after this first row then? Okay, where are right, Hang on, you've got one more hand. Jane, go oh. ahead and unmute. Jane? 
Oh, she went away, so I guess- There we go. I'm here. I'm okay. okay. I guess it didn't recognize my double tap. Okay. <laughs> um, so when I finish the first row and I stop at the next to the last hole, the the yarn the uh, yarn yeah wrong wrong craft the um <laughs> the, the shoelace is pointing down is coming down so if i use that one to tie a bow it would be underneath so so for the next to the last hole you want to come up through the bottom to the top oh okay let me see up oh okay okay Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pat. And then it's the overcast is like it's over the edge of the okay. so each one goes down. And until you get to that next to the last until I get one. to the next to the last one. Okay, good. Yeah. Got it. All right. Okay. Thank All right, you. Pat, Pat Smith, go ahead and unmute yourself. Uh, hello. I just wanted to let y'all know I've got to leave early today, and I just wanted to tell y'all I appreciate this craft group so much, and it's so much fun, and y'all have a great week, okay? You too, oh, Pat. Pat, if you have any questions on the kit later, feel free to give me a call. I sure will. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, that's all. That's all, Tammy. All right, so I'm gonna put this back down to see my project. Okay, so now take your next shoelace, your second one, and in the, the corner hole next to the shoelace that just came through the top, you're gonna to do the same thing. You're gonna go top down through that hole. Now this becomes a little bit easier to measure how much tail because the last tail that you left on the top you want to stop when your tail of this shoelace is about even with it. Okay, so, so that makes it a little easier. So you went top down through and we're going to repeat the same process. Go over the top, down through, next hole on that side and keep going until we get to the next to the last hole again. And there we're going to come up through the bottom. So doing these overcast stitches. Tammy, you have a question. And um, somebody asked if you demonstrate this on your videos that you have on your website. Yes, this, um, this particular one is just getting updated, but it will be out there. Okay, Peggy, go ahead and unmute. Uh, I just had a question, which side are you doing now? So um, wherever you stopped with your last shoelace, right? You're gonna start in the corner hole next to where you stopped. Oh, okay. And we're gonna um, have that go from front to back. Then have the tail hanging out front, right? Exactly. Okay. Thanks, Donna. Go ahead and unmute. Um, I'm watching you on your video. Can you put your camera down a little bit more so I can see what you're doing? Is that okay. better? Yes, that is. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so I'm continuing to go over the top. Next time I'm going to make sure my camera setup is better. I'm not going <laughs> to do this. <laughs> all right, going over the top, going through all these holes until 
I get to the next to the last from the corner again. So now I have two holes left. I'm going to come up through the bottom in that next to the last from the corner. And then the tail comes on the top again. Okay. Now you can see our tails are magically starting to look like they're about the same length. <laughs> and you can kind of just turn your project as you go so that you know it's easier to work with. So now I got my next shoelace and again where I just left off, I'm going to feel over to that corner and put my aglet of my next shoelace down through top to bottom. And I'm going to feel those tails to make sure they're about even the new one with the one that was just laced. Okay, you have another hand, Tammy. Jeanette, go ahead and unmute. So half your tails are at the bottom and have on, on, on the back side and half your tails are on the front side? No, they should all be on the front. How are they all on the front? You so, said go from, for starting the next shoelace, you said start from the top and go down. Yeah, so top to bottom, right? That puts my tail on the back. Um, well, if you, go, if you go top to bottom, so the, the top, so your last tail was on the top, right? Yep. When you go, bring your, bring your aglet right next to that hole from the last one you just laced, and you're gonna start right next to it, going top down. Top to bottom, that puts my aglet on the... Well, you're gonna pull through, pull through until your tail is about the same length as the one that's already on top. Oh, I, I think she thinks that you're going from the back no, that way? wasn't what I thought at all. I didn't know she wanted us to pull it all the way through the way we did the first time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. That's okay. Pull it through until that tail is about the same length as the one you just you just left. Okay. Then okay. I'm going to come up over the top and we're going to do the same thing for the third side. So we're going to repeat the process. Over the top, and then come down through the subsequent holes. See if you guys can see. <laughs> so this process is the same kind of process you would use with the pillow, um, except you would either you could use a shoelace or you can use the plastic needle and ribbon. So the difference with the plastic needle and ribbon is obviously that you have to lace your ribbon through the eye of the plastic needle, but the plastic needles are pretty big and the eyes are pretty big. So it's very easy to do even without any sight. Um, and then you are lacing your plastic needle through these holes, but you're doing the same process if you're doing the overcast stitch. And I will show you the running stitch too, just so you know how to do that. So I'm gonna continue doing this. We're doing our third side and we're gonna stop when we get to the next to the last hole from the corner. And there, again, we're gonna come bottom up so that our tail is on the top. 
Tammy is um, 11 after three. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to get into the other kid or if you want to finish this one first. Yeah, I think I'll, it shouldn't take us long to finish this. So I'll, I'll just wrap this up. Um, so I'm going to show you, show you the kit. So now that you've completed the third side in the same way, you'll notice in two corners, the two corners that you finished lacing up where you have the two tails coming together, that's where you're going to tie a little, I like to do a little double knot and then do a bow. Okay, so that makes it nice and decorative. You do that in the two corners. And I'll speed this up a little because I'm sure you guys got the, got the gist of it now. So it's nice because it makes a little decorative bow. Okay, so there's the two corners for where we just stitched. And now on this fourth side, we're gonna do the same thing. Now what I'm gonna tell you, so you're gonna use your shoelace, I'm gonna do this quickly, going top down through that corner hole again, lining up the two tails on the top, coming over the top. So the only difference between this and one of our um, a little bit more complex projects, the, the police pillow kit, is that you wouldn't lace up this fourth side on the pillow kit before putting in the pillow form. <laughs> Although I've had many people do that. And then, <laughs> why do I get the pillow in? <laughs> so that's really the only difference is with the pillow, the pillow kit, you're gonna stop, you know, open up that open side, put your pillow form in, and then you're gonna complete lacing that last side. And, uh, but other than that, it's pretty much all the same. I'm just gonna, Kind of hurry along here so that. What pattern are these candle mats in, Tammy? The ones that I sent to you guys, it's one of my favorite patterns that I just got. It's um, it's got a green kind of country meadowside background, and it has some farmhouses and it has red, like the old style red pickup trucks, with a few of um little blonde and black lab dogs in the back with a little um, plaid blanket, black and red blanket. And, uh, and on the license plate of the truck, it says dog days. It's so <laughs> the primary colors are red and, and um, black and green. Um, and then a little bit of, well, of course, the blonde dogs. And the shoelaces are red. So you don't have to use this for Christmas, but because of the red and green, it can make a nice Christmas mat. Okay, so once we finish lacing this up, then you can, again, come up through to, uh, bottom to top in the next to last fold, tie your other two bows, and then remove your plastic clips and you're done. So does anyone have any questions about this project before we move on? Janine, go ahead and unmute. Janine? Um, yes, hey, Tammy, do you have little pillows to go in, in these? Like if you want to put for your cat or your rabbit, 
Can yeah. this be a mini pillow? And yeah, then also, if we wanted to order special fabric, like if we wanted a special fabric, could we buy it and send it to you and you make uh, the kits for us so we could do these projects? So two questions. Sure. Um, so the first question, I think that's an adorable idea. I've never had that idea brought up before. I don't at the moment, but what you might want to do if you want to make a mini pillow out of out of this project, um, somebody had mentioned the um, polyfill. You could probably take some polyfill and put it in before you lace up the third, uh, the fourth side, and then that would make it like a little puffy mat or pillow if you wanted to. Because I don't, I don't know that they sell the pillows that small, uh, but that would be an idea. And the second, what was the second question? Sorry. If they buy the material and send it to oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've had that question asked before. You know, it's tough for me because I'd love to say yes, but the problem is, you know, we're we're a small operation and. If I got a lot of those requests, it would be really hard for me to keep up. Um, so I would have to do that as a special order. And I, I hesitate to do that because I, it, it tends to get expensive when you do those things. And I'm trying to keep my costs reasonable for everyone. Um, so I'd, I'd prefer if you give me a call and you tell me the type of fabric you like and you know i can see what i have and, and hopefully we can find something because i do have a lot of options um if you really really just have to have that one fabric then you know i, I would just have to charge you more for for finding the fabric and and going through that special process that makes sense i'm she's muted but i'm sure it did Okay. All right. Does, does anyone have any questions on the project or is everyone all set? We don't have much time, so I'm going to move on to the next. So again, this is a lot like your fleece pillow kit, except you would stuff the, the, um, Tammy, form. you've got one quick question there. I'm sorry. Okay. Terry, go ahead and unmute. Can you hear me now? Uh-huh. I was just thinking, um, like, if you could get a small metal hanger um, before you um, lace up the last side, you could even turn this into a wall hanging. Yeah, you're true. That's very true. You know, I like that idea. Actually, um, and we could probably lace more than one of these squares together to do kind of a longer wall hanging if you wanted. Good idea. Kind of for Christmas. Yeah, very good idea. You know what yeah. you you could also put um, you could potentially put another shoelace between the two corner holes as a hanger. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, awesome, good idea. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so now I'm going to move on so that we can at least get a start or a feel for the moderate project. So this moderate project was your little five inch square. So if you can pull, pull that out, the, this bag had three things in it. It had the fabric, which is your smaller five inch square clipped together to two overlapping pieces in the back. It also had 
a plastic bag with a piece of painter's tape taped to the front um, and that's taping down a needle, your hand sewing needle to the front. So if you pull that painter's tape up, underneath it is a threaded needle. The thread is, is going into the bag so it wouldn't get tangled up. So you can pull that out by just pulling that out from under the, pull the painter's tape up. And you have another bag which is closed with a hair clip. Uh, and it's a goodie hair clip. If you know what those are, they just clip, snap open and snap shut. And I'm looking for mine. Um, so the hair clip, the whole intent of that is to help you to thread your needle. Unfortunately, I, you know, I'm going to have to go through this fairly quick because we don't have a lot of time left. Um, I would have loved to have you tried it, all of you try it. Uh, along with, but if you'd like to try, feel free, but because we don't have a lot of time, um, don't feel discouraged. You can certainly give me a call. And I'm sorry, I'm looking for my hair clip. Okay, I'm gonna pretend this is a hair clip. <laughs> so on your bag, you should have had a little hair clip on the top. If you take that off, you unsnap, unsnap it, take it off inside, you should have this, that's uh, a needle threader. So on the bottom, it feels like an oval piece of metal. And it's kind of like a large guitar pick. And then on the top of it, you'll feel a wire diamond. And that is kind of, if you've ever seen a, um, trying to get this in the camera better. If you've ever seen a needle threader, um, this is a needle threader kind of on steroids. It's just bigger. I'm trying to put this up here so to see if you can see better. I don't know. It's not capturing it very well on the camera. Um, it's a bigger needle threader than your average. So I also have provided that threaded needle. The needle is a size three cruel needle. And I specify that. I'm going to show you for those who can see who are looking, um, I specify that because these needles are have a larger eye. So it's easier to get through the diamond, get the diamond through that eye. So I can, I can mail you, email you all with this information. Again, just let Kayla know, I can provide you with the details on what these supplies are. And you can either order them through us or I also um, often order them through cleanersupply.com. Uh, sometimes I can get a better deal because I order in bulk, so either way. But I'm gonna quickly go through the process of how you would thread your needle. Um, don't worry about, you know, you're not gonna get it this quickly because I'm having to go through the instructions fast, but I just want to show you. So you're gonna take your size three needle and the bow style needle threader that I talked about with the diamond. The objective is to get the tip of that diamond, the wire diamond, through the eye of your cool size three needle. And I'm going to close my eyes and I am just going to flick that diamond on the top of the needle feeling 
for when it goes through the hole. And there it did. So you can do it. It takes a little practice, but my mom, after she learned this, she threads all her needles this way. So you just slide it over the top by touch. Once that needle is over the top of the diamond, you're gonna take your thread, and I didn't give you extra thread, so I'm just showing you this. You're gonna take your thread, and you're gonna put it through your hair clip. So you're gonna put it in, open up your hair clip, put it through the middle of it, and then snap your hair clip shut. And then you're gonna pick your needle threader back up, making sure not to drop your needle that's already slid down to the base. And you're going to slide your hair clip through the opening in the diamond. So this just stabilizes your thread because thread is really hard to feel, so the hair clip stabilizes it. And then you're gonna put that through the diamond and then pull it through, leaving just a short tail. You don't need a long tail. And then you pull your needle off of the top of the diamond and pull, pull the threader away and your needle is threaded. So I know that was quick. Again, happy to talk to anyone over the phone and walk you through it. Um, it does, you can do it by touch. It takes a little practice, but once you get it, you'll be amazed. It'll be, it'll be easy. All right, next step. So now you're gonna take your threaded needle that I provided you. So first of all, uh, I've got five minutes. Does, does everyone have, does anyone not have their threaded needle and their project? See any raised hands, Sheila? Not yet. Okay, good. So we're gonna take the needle and I'm gonna move my camera down to show you the project. So on this five inch square that was provided, what you're gonna do is there are two, there's obviously two sides and there are four plastic clips, one on each side. And if you feel around the edges of all four sides, you'll feel a tactile thread that is, going, that is going all the way around the edges. That is basically your tactile seam allowance, meaning it's showing you how to stitch a straight line. One side of your project has a safety pin. That is holding, and if you feel underneath the safety pin, it's like two halves of fabric pinned together. So this is kind of like an envelope style backing of a pillow, right? You have two, half pieces overlapping in the back, pinned together. That's your back side. So the side without the safety pin is your front side. And again, this tactile border all the way around the front side is your seam allowance. That's how you're gonna know where to sew. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our threaded needle and we're gonna start, I'm gonna start in my right hand corner of any corner just on your right side. I am right-handed. If you're left-handed, you might start on your left corner. And you're gonna take your needle and you're gonna go right underneath the tactile border. Let's see if everyone can see that. So feel where that border is comes together in the corner. Take your needle 
and feel right underneath that tactile border in the fabric. You're gonna put your needle down through the two layers of fabric. And then you're gonna tip your needle down and come up through the top to take your first stitch. My thread's getting caught. <laughs> and I, this is really hard to see on camera, so I'm, I'm doing my best, but um, so again, you took a stitch right from the corner, right underneath that tactile border so that you're going through two layers of fabric right under that tactile border. And Terry, then- you, Tammy, you have a, a raised hand. Terry, go ahead and unmute. Yes. Um, okay, so when we're doing this, are we doing it with the, um, the, the wrong side facing us or away from us? And, are we, and how are we going through? You, you, the wrong side, or yours, these wrong sides are pinned, or the right sides are pinned together. So oh, okay. Yeah, so you are sewing on the wrong side, which is good. And you want to be sewing on the side that, that it, where the safety pin is on, is not. <laughs> so the okay, which is the tactile side, correct? Yes. So, yeah. so what do you, you say to do now? Go to that corner. I see that and as close as you can to it. And what do we do? We go down through it? Yes, you go down, well, down under it. So you don't want your needle going through the thread, the tactile board, you want to go right no. underneath it. Correct. Okay, and then go okay. down through the two layers of fabric. Okay. And then if you've stitched before, the best way is to just do a regular stitch, go down through and then pull your needle over and then put the point back up through the top. So you're just stitch your fabric. Does that make sense? Sorry, I had to shut my speech off because it was um, somebody was texting and I couldn't hear. So you said basically just to bring weave the needle in and out or whatever. Yes, it's a running stitch. So you're gonna okay. go down through the fabric and then back up to the top, right underneath okay. that tactile fabric. And okay. just because we're running out of time, we're we're actually out of time, I guess. Um, I just wanted to mention. So for those who've stitched before, this might make sense. For those who've not, don't worry about it. You know, it might be an advanced level project that you work your way up to. And I'm happy to take any calls and walk through any questions. But basically, if you have stitched before, this is gonna be pretty easy for you. You're just following this tactile border, going underneath it, going all the way around all four sides until you're completed and take off all your clips take off the safety pin, and then turn the project right side out and your coaster is complete. So again, please, please feel free to call me. I'm happy to take questions. Do you want to give your contact information? Oh, never mind. You can't. I'm, yes, you can. You can. You're allowed to. <laughs> You're allowed to. <laughs> so my phone number is 978-419-188. And my website is www.mitsykit.org. Kayla, do you want to unmute and end the meeting, dear? Thank you so much for coming and joining us. Um, any information she sends me um, that she said she would send, I will put both on the Facebook page as well as I will send out on our listserv. 
Um, and then if you guys need additional information, you feel free to email us at acbcrafters at gmail.com. Yes, and anyone who does, if they want to place an order, please mention that um, you're calling after this program and you will get a 10% discount. But you need to call me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much again for being here and you're doing welcome. the kit with us. You're Thank welcome. you.